So when I think about the Count of Monte Cristo and actually look at the book, um, it, it gives me goosebumps because it's probably the best book I've ever read. It's a thousand pages. I initially started off reading the book, physically reading it, and uh, then I thought, okay, I'll switch to audio book and then I'll flick between audio and reading it. And then the audio was so good. It's narrated by a guy called Bill Homewood, who is a Shakespearean actor. The narration is unbelievable. He brings all of the characters to life so well that you find yourself completely encapsulated into the story. So what I was gonna do was just share my favorite elements of the book and what there is that we can learn from in all of our lives. Essentially, it's a book about revenge, but that's really making it a bit simplistic. He gives you an insight into what it's like to feel vengeance and then how that actually plays out in the real world. I've always come from the side of the coin where any conflict or any tension or any anger if you feel it on the inside, I'm very much into meditation to clear it away and return back to your center. So when someone told me about this book and said, actually, it's about revenge and how he used it to propel his life and to educate himself, it's kind of hooked. So the story is about an 18, 19 year old, naive young guy that gets turned over and imprisoned in the Chateau d'If. And he's turned over by three different people. And he spends like 15 years in prison, learns a lot while he's there, meets a cellmate who teaches him all these things that he never knew about. Also gives him a key so he can access some treasure when he gets out. He then uses that treasure to essentially get his own back. So really it's a story about a guy going into hell, coming out with all the tools and then going out into the world and seeing how it plays out. Now you, you know the overall theme of the book, we can get into some of the things that I just really love about it. So first of all, the first thing he does when he comes out of prison and he has cash and he makes a name for himself, he goes and looks after the people that were good to him and good to his father. So there's an element in the book about setting things right. So had he have not gone to prison, what would have happened anyway? So he goes back into the real world and he looks after the good people first. And there's a really great scene just after he's finished doing it, where he's looking out at the ship in the far distance and he draws a line and says, right now the wrongs have been corrected. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and get vengeance. And then the book changes. It's almost like he morphs into this different character. <laughs> the thing is, he's since he's come out of prison or since he went in, he's educated himself. He's smart, speaks many languages, understands so many different elements of everything chemistry, physics, biology, medicine, knows a lot about poisoning, about human, um, just how humans think and their actions. So when he turns into vengeance mode, he becomes very charismatic. He can talk to a room full of strangers and encapsulate people. He uses mystery to a wonderful level. Mystery is interesting. I mean, I've been teaching on my dating confidence courses for like a decade that being mysterious is alluring and it's very attractive because you're not giving anything away about yourself. You see, when you start talking up or talking about elements of your life that aren't asked or requested for, 
you're giving away information about yourself. You're not allowing people to fill in the blanks for themselves. And often when we don't fill in the blanks, we think something about him and I don't quite understand. And it's almost seductive because it enables people to think about you when you're not there. And the more that they do that, the more seductive you become. After years of coaching it, you know, the, the element of mystery just gets more fascinating as time goes on. I mean, the less you tell people about any part of your life, the more mystery there is. So you can just go from being someone who is talking a lot about themselves and, you know, oversharing to just being mysterious. And the Count of Monte Cristo is just amazing at being mysterious. Just doesn't give anything away about himself and just knows so much. And he's such a good role model at that stage of the book about how to conduct yourself, how to be good socially, how to get people talking about you. I mean, there's so many lessons that you can learn from the way that he conducts himself and just the way he is socially in the book. So moving on from, from the mysterious element of the count, the other great thing about the book is you don't really know what's going to happen until the very last sentence of the book. And even that's amazing. So the writer knew that the mystery, not just the count, but the mystery of not knowing what happens in a book, right to the last line. And Alexandre Dumas is just a genius for being able to write a book that really captures your attention and keeps you all the way to the end, especially in the modern era where this book was written over a hundred years ago. So you would imagine people's attention span without the internet, without social media was a lot higher. So to actually create a book where, you know, I mean, just look at the size of it. I mean, it's huge. And to keep your attention all the way through to the end is just unbelievable. The other thing I just like about books is that they, they sit on your bookshelf and they're always there. And they, they bring me so much joy because you know at any moment you can, you can pick it up and you can just, just go back to any segment of the book or you can reread it. And it, it just enter into a different world. I, I really, something about this book specifically where it almost has this energy around it and to it. And, you know, Alexandre Dumas has written something that will just last for an unlimited amount of time, even though he passed away so many years ago. And it just makes me think about what, are, what am I gonna leave? What are you gonna leave in your life as a gift for humanity? After you've gone, what have you left that still brings people so much joy? And that's a really good question to ask yourself, you know, what am I leaving? What am I giving after I've gone? And it's a question that I often ask myself and is one of the reasons why I create content and try and be helpful with the things that I discuss in my content. Let's mix this up, Matt, because let's, let's, let's talk about revenge. What is revenge? What is it really? I mean, do you really know what it is? You think you know what it is, but have you felt vengeful? There's that scene in Gladiator, that really famous scene where he says, I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. What is revenge? Is it getting even? Is it getting even or is it getting one more than getting even. What do you think? Because justice, justice is a word that is getting equal. So someone commits a crime and justice evens it out. So what's revenge? Revenge is one level up. Revenge is justice add 10 or 20%. And I think all of us would be naive in our thinking if 
The thought of vengeance wasn't exciting in some area of your life. Perhaps you were bullied when you were a kid. Perhaps someone turned you over at work. Whatever it is, the idea of vengeance is exciting. And it also gives you energy. It's quite a controversial subject, revenge, isn't it? Because you think, you know, I'm certainly someone that would have thought before reading this that it's a bad thing. Revenge is bad. Need to get rid of it. Shouldn't have it. Is that true, though? Because what I learned from reading this book is that it's an energy source, very strong energy source revenge, and it can be channeled. It's like anything. If you feel something too strongly, it's bad for you. Too much anger is bad for you, but a little bit of anger, it's good for you. Toxic shame or shame, I've done a load of content on that. Too much is bad, not enough is bad. It's a fine balance. Revenge is an interesting emotion that if you channel it correctly, can energize you. And it can help you towards becoming more successful in your life. You just have to make sure it's tempered because what we find out in the count is that he didn't temper it. And you see what happens with revenge when it goes one step too far and how that plays out in the real world. And it's horrendous. I mean, some of the things that happens are just awful because his vengeance went too far. And I think arguably whether he was aware of it or not, the count, you, you never really know. But what I would say is that when you see it played out, the end result's always bad. So I think if you are someone that does feel a sense of revenge or vengeance, we all do, just tempering it and knowing that as long as it's serving you without harming people, it's a good thing. So for example, you know, if someone, you're overweight and someone bullied you as a kid and you're, you want to get revenge on them, so you want to get into better shape than them, then you're channeling it correctly, right? Because you're moving your life in a better direction. But it's what you do at the end of it. So if you achieve your goal, if you then carry on being vengeful, but then going online and bullying them or flaunting them, that's revenge gone too far. So for me, this is a balance, right? There's a certain amount of revenge inside of you that can be channeled in your life to help you. We just talk about just general well-being and fire. You know, we've all felt tired in the morning. We've all felt like we can't be bothered. I mean, creating content over the years can get challenging for me. But I tell you when it's never challenging and it's when you've got energy and it doesn't really matter where that energy comes from, whether it's excitement, whether it's anger, whether it's frustration, whatever it is, as long as you can channel it the right way and not use it to the detriment of other people, then I think it's absolutely fine. So essentially, there's two things you can do, right? It's what I've learned from this. You can do an emotional clearance, which I've spoken about a lot, where you go into a meditative state and you allow your nervous system to calm down. So any feelings of anger or vengeance can be subsided very quickly. Or you can channel them towards your life and bettering yourself. And I think it's like anything, a blend of both is probably the most beneficial thing that you can do for your life. So if I could sum up this book, I, I would say that it's unique. You don't read about this topic. I've never read about this topic anywhere else. It's a love story. 
It's a story about family. It's a story about giving. And it's really a tale that just keeps giving. I mean, I've actually read this again since I listened to the audio and you just pick up things so often. I mean, the guy, Alexander Demar, is just a genius. And like a lot of writers, they entwine their knowledge within the book, you know, such as whether the Count of Monte Cristo was actually an angel doing God's work is one of the potential thoughts based on the book. And it just makes you think about so many different things that you wouldn't consider in your normal day-to-day -day life. Just before I finish, I would like to say that I used to read non-fiction all the time. So I used to read psychology books, philosophy books, all these things, right? And then I realized that the greatest writers all write all write fiction because we learn through stories. And over the years of speaking in public, I realized that stories are just wonderful tools to, to learn and to understand things. So nowadays, I really only read fiction. And I'm planning on doing more of these book reviews as time goes on and hopefully, hopefully inspire you really to get a copy of this or listen to the audio version and it will just change your life.